Family, welcome back to episode three of Fearless Footballers. Today, we're going to be talking about my memories in the Crows change rooms. Obviously, I was very, very lucky to be able to have a father that played so many games. He played 321 games for the Adelaide Crows across 16 years, seasons. Um, And it's crazy to think about what I was able to do compared to a lot of the other kids out there. I want to talk about my memories in the Crows change rooms. Running out onto the field with 50,000 people watching is just absolutely insane. So I was obviously very young when a lot of this stuff happened and I look back on photos and videos now and it kind of comes back to me, but I just remember glimpses of running out onto the MCG, running out onto Etihad, Run, I didn't actually run out onto MCG. We did a lap around MCG. I remember running out onto the Gabba, like places like that where so many people are watching and you're just taking it in. You're running around with the boys, kicking the football, throwing ice cubes at them when they're in the change rooms in their ice baths after the games and things like that. It's just, it's just crazy. So I feel like my first memory that I did have was definitely at Brisbane. I don't know what game... Actually, no, it was before that. It was Sydney. They were playing against Sydney. I don't know where it was, um, but I just remember running out and thinking, wow, like, I want to do this one day. This is the coolest job ever. I think it might have been his 150th game, 200th game, somewhere around there. I can't remember exactly, but might have to do some research. But I just remember, like, literally turning my head and going, wow, like this is just insane. And I would have been probably, maybe, I wouldn't have been even been in school. I reckon maybe like four or five years old, something like that. Uh, but you only really remember glimpses of it. Then the next one would have been another milestone of dad, which was his either 200th or 250th game. We got to run out with him. It was at the Gabba. They played Brisbane. And I remember before running out to the change rooms, my brother tripped over, cracked his head open a little bit. He was crying before the players started to come through the race so they would take us out onto the oval. Uh, and then I remember running out, trying to kick the ball through the banner. It was it was too, too hard. The ball just bounces back where you don't even make the distance, things like that, uh, which are pretty insane. But even just trying to keep up with the players when they're doing their warm-up strides and those sorts of things, like you don't realize, like obviously I'm only probably seven years old. I don't even know how old I was at this stage, but um, trying to keep up with them is just, it's, yeah, it's pretty exciting, pretty surreal. And when I started to rem- remember more and more was definitely dad's 300th game. Um, with They played Essendon. I think he had like 41 or 42 touches with a couple goals to go with that. And I remember running out onto the ovals on Etihad. Pretty nice day. I think a little bit overcast, but just having that feeling. We had a heap of um, family and friends come with us as well. Literally, I'm goosebumps right here. Like, I wish I could show you guys through the camera, but um, having so many family and friends to be there for dad, the build up to his 300th game as well. We had photos, um, like lots of photo shoots. It was just, it's an incredible feeling and something that I probably did take for granted back then. But I look back on now and I'm like, the experiences that we had as a family was absolutely incredible. Um, Running out with dad on that day, I've got a little coin of dad in his 300th game. I remember just watching him just rack up disposal after disposal. 
yeah, things like that are just super, super crazy. And his 321st and last game, I remember quite clearly. Um, I remember going out, running out, uh, kicking the ball through the banner. Mum was, <laughs> mum was in tears, as you would be for the last game, uh, because he didn't quite get to do it on his own terms, which was disappointing. But uh, he had a, another ripper game. I think he definitely had over 30 touches. I can't remember if it was 32 or 36. Uh, kicked a goal or two. Um, didn't get any Brownlow votes. was disappointing. But after the game, we went on to the Oval. Um, they, they won the game, which was awesome. I remember Frio. They were playing Frio. They lined up um, in going in, leading into the change rooms and looking up to Aaron Sandlands was like that was that was another experience in itself like being I know I was in year five at the time and just looking up to him I was like holy moly that's insane and then Matthew Pavlich as well was another one that stood out I don't really remember any other players but those were the two that definitely stood out and it was yeah to look back on now again just super super crazy another experience they were playing against West Coast one day and they were getting beaten and smashed and the crowd was super, super quiet. And I just remember myself yelling as much as I could to support all the boys and support dad. Had this West Coast older guy supporter sitting in front, uh, standing in front of us. We were sitting behind him a little bit higher up and he would constantly be looking back at me just saying like, what the hell are you doing? Like, shut up, little I don't know, I would have probably been nine or eight-year-old kid at this stage. Um, And I think it was like the third or fourth quarter, and he ended up walking off to a different spot because I was annoying him so much. But um, those those things that, yeah, money can never buy and you'll never get back, those sorts of things. On top of that, going into the change rooms or the blue room, as we used to call it, back at Amy Stadium at West Lakes in Adelaide after their games, they were some awesome times because obviously you had myself we had my two younger brothers I don't think my youngest brother was quite an age to play with us yet Um, we had Ben my cousin we had Andrew McLeod's son Connor Uh, we had Ben Hart's son there as well who'd play sometimes I think we had one of the trainers sons as well and he was quite a bit older than us and a little bit or a lot better than us um, and teach us a few lessons. But we'd just play on teams, playing against each other. We sometimes had friends come in, play with us as well, but literally playing little football matches against each other. I remember I got I had to get stitches after one of the days because one of Luke's mates actually, and I know him quite well, played, played a little bit of footy with him at Glenelg. He accidentally, I think he run into me with an elbow or a shoulder or something like that. And it just cut open my whole lip. And I remember running into um, where all the mums would sit after the game and was absolutely screaming because blood was coming out. I was in a little bit of pain and whatever. Probably exaggerated it a bit, but ended up needing stitches. And yeah, went into the doctor. Dad got me in straight away and they did it there and there at the club. Uh, so having those resources and people around you is, is pretty insane. But those little moments in time that you sort of never really forget. I remember just throwing ice cubes at different players because just because it was fun and um, you had that interaction with them. Walking through the locker room as a young kid was just like, whoa, like this is pretty cool. You got blokes strapping themselves up, getting changed just getting ready for games and trainings and those sorts of things. Like, 
you just yeah you can't buy that like it's it's insane so um, having those experience and then walking through as an 18 year old through those same change rooms that have not changed one bit seeing your dad's name up on the locker that is pretty insane like I was just kind of like mesmerized and I guess put a lot of pressure on myself to do the exact same thing and that's I guess a little bit of where that fear come from but that's something we'll get into later. I just wanted to share my memories, share my experiences. A little bit of a longer episode, but yeah, hopefully you get a little bit of an insight. If you watch uh, this on YouTube, I'm going to chuck little photos and try and get a little few videos. I don't know how many will be on YouTube and that sort of thing, but I'll chuck up some photos of what I'm talking about throughout uh, this journey as well. It's uh, it's pretty cool what I've been <laughs> been able to be a part of uh, and something that I want to hopefully one day be able to provide for my kids as well. We'll see what happens, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. That's all I'm going to say. So a lot of kind of reflecting for me, but I want you to stay fearless, go after your dreams, go after your goals and your ambitions. And I want that to be something that you can provide for your kids as well. If you're 12, 13, 14 growing up and you didn't have that experience, let this be your motivation to provide it for your kids. And when I talk about goal setting with a lot of my clients, I want them to attach it to something bigger than themselves. Because if you attach it to something bigger than yourself, you're going to stick to it. You have that level of accountability there. If you're, when you're 12, 13, 14, you can't really attach it to anything. But if you you say to yourself, right, I want to make this because I love the game and all that sort of stuff, obviously. But then on top of that, I want to be able to provide my kids the experiences that Jackson has gone through because he obviously still remembers it pretty clearly and loved his time and enjoyed everything, everything that I had to offer. I think that can be something that really holds you accountable through the tough times. So something to think about. Hopefully you got some value out of that as well. Stay fearless, family.